Have I got a good one for all my ladies today? We're talking to the single women. We're talking about how to catch a man. (laughs) And I'm hoping that something is said that will encourage the ones who really want to be married, no matter why you're still single, no matter how old you, you are. I do believe there is some wisdom to be offered, some wisdom that's available. And I think I'll take a shot at it just for you. So if you're interested, join me. To the grown woman, pray. To the woman looking for answers, pray. To the woman who's busy and just needs a change, pray. Pray, woman. Stop comparing yourself, pray. Stop grumbling, pray. Stop giving excuses. Stop counting yourself out, Stop discounting God. It's time to pray. Welcome to the Woman Pray Podcast. Welcome back to the Woman Pray Podcast. I'm so glad that you're joining me today because I think we have a great topic, especially for my single ladies. All of my single ladies, I hope that you will like, you will subscribe, and you'll even comment because I really want to hear what God is doing in your life after you hear from me today. And then I want you to be able to encourage somebody else who's single. See, it's easy for us to complain why we're not married. It's easy for, I should say you because I am married, but it's easy for you to lower your standard. It's easy for you to compromise the word of God and say, oh, well, I don't care about marriage. We'll just live together. It's easy for you to blame everyone and everything. You know, there's not enough men in the church, all kinds of excuses. It's easy for you to act like you don't want to be married when in fact you do. You know what? I don't want to be married anyway. Or you can be honest with yourself and just consider why you're still single, why you're still single scripturally. And so I think there may be some insight that we can offer today. And so the first I have, I'm I'm taking notes, like I'm looking at my notes today, but uh, the first thing that you might want to consider are maybe some vows that you made as a child. You know, we all have experiences growing up and it's during those experiences that sometimes we mumble or we make decisions or we, we're really just um, very clear. We make vows of what we will do and what we won't do. And for some of us, we've made vows as children that, like, that sound a lot like I never want to be married or I will never get married. Regardless of what your experience, you've said some things aloud and it may be limiting what's happening in your life right now. And so I wanted to expose it uh, so that we can cancel that from your life. And so I want us to look at Numbers chapter 30 because it says it there. It says there in Numbers 30 verse three, if a woman makes a vow to the Lord and binds herself by some agreement while in her father's house in her youth, and her father hears her vow and the agreement by which she has bound herself, and her father holds his peace, then all her vows shall stand. And every agreement with which she has bound herself 
shall stand. But if her father overrules her on the day that he hears, then none of her vows nor her agreements by which she has bound herself shall stand. And the Lord will release her because her father overruled her. And so I really just want to encourage you that you may be living out some things that are, yes, in the Old Testament, but it still may be affecting why you're not married today. And you say, I'm not 20 anymore, and I'm not 25, and I'm just not sure why. I'm still cute, I still represent, and I'm not sure why people seem to be looking over me. Well, there may be some vows that you made as a young person that I think is super important for you to consider if your father heard you or not. And so maybe there was no father in the house, and so your vows, your agreement that you made to yourself it's standing. And so I just want to encourage you to begin to renounce those vows. Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe you said them and you don't remember them. So it's okay to just say, if I said vows that's, that speak to never wanting to be married, I renounce those words that I spoke as a child and I declare they may no longer affect my future or my right now. Like I renounce the vows. And I think that's where you can begin because you may have said something that you, your father just didn't hear you say if you did have a dad in the house. And so I just want to encourage you that when you renounce these vows, when you reject them from having power over your life, you are released from whatever it is that was holding you in bondage. But the next thing, the next thing I really want you to consider as a single person scripturally of what you can do is you can go to a place of repentance. Now, I know that's typically where I land in these episodes, but I really do believe that it makes a difference because as much as we serve the God of grace and mercy in the New Testament, he is still the same God. And there are many occasions when we offend God and we keep going as if it just doesn't matter. But I do think it's important for us to really survey our hearts and and determine some places where we may have offended God and we're living out some of those consequences from offending him. And so when I think about this need for repentance, I'm looking at Psalm 78. And so if you'll allow me to get there, um, there in Psalm 78, it talks about, um, let me make sure I can see it quickly. Psalm 78, I didn't give the verse on this one. Uh-oh. And so in Psalm 78, it talks about in verse 63 um, how there's a, how there's consequence, um, consequence to those who don't trust God and who don't believe God. And Israel is the example where God has given them a promise and they're not acting on the promise. And so it speaks to their, that when they did not act on it, it means that they did not believe, neither did they trust him. If we look at Hebrews, Hebrews says, don't be like Israel. And so if we're not going to be like Israel, it means that we're no longer going to allow ourselves to walk in distrust 
but we're going to trust God. So we're going to act on what he says. And that's not just because we're single and want a spouse, but no, in life overall, that when he's telling us to live our lives in a way that pleases him, that we're going to trust him. We're going to believe him, even if it doesn't make sense to us, or even if our flesh doesn't want to do it. We're not going to allow our hearts to be astray. Because when we do that, I think we'll end up reaping the consequences that Israel reaped. And in this case, Psalm 78 says uh, in verse 63, that the fire consumed their young men, and watch this, and their maidens were not given in marriage. And so I really do think that there's something to it. And so I want to encourage you that when you consider and survey your own heart, that you're processing how you are responding to what God's will is for your life. Are you living in rebellion? Are you seeing and knowing what God's will is for your life, but you're choosing to do life your own way under your own guidelines? Well, that's a place to repent, especially when you're not seeing the fruit of, of your prayers, like you're wanting some things and you're just not seeing it happen because the, our father is faithful. And he said, if you seek him first in his kingdom, then all of these things are added to you. And so if you're not seeing those things, things, it means you have to go to a place of repentance because you're surveying your heart and you're identifying those places where you may be in resistance as opposed to acceptance. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to consider the vows that you've made and you're going to renounce them. The second thing you're going to do is you're going to go into a place of repentance. And with repentance, you are restarting. You're saying, Father, wherever I missed it with you, wherever I've gone my own way, wherever I have rejected you, wherever I have not demonstrated that I believe you and that I trust you, you're saying, I'm choosing to trust you and believe you. And I have an expectation that situations will change. But the third response that you can have as a single person is very practical. Most times, many single ladies have three destination points. It's like this triangle where you go from home to work to church and then back home. And you do this day in and day out, every day, every weekend, at six months, 12 months out of the year. You're always doing the same thing and you're expecting a new result. Well, let me just encourage you to maybe do something different. Maybe add another destination point to your to your weekly schedule. Instead of going to, from home to church to work and home to church and work again, maybe add a, a fourth point. Maybe join a book club or get tickets and go to a baseball game or a football game. Get season tickets for that matter. You may like sports. You don't have to sit back waiting for someone to in invite you. Maybe join an adult chess club or whatever it is that you like to do begin doing it. You don't have to wait for someone to enjoy life. And so I encourage you to find a fourth point or a fifth destination point, and then just enjoy your life. When you go to that next destination point, and I'm not talking about, oh, I got to go to the club. No, I'm talking about places that really are life-giving, places that you enjoy, things that you enjoy doing. Go there. You're not because you're searching for the fella to show up. No, you're going there because it's something that you can do 
you that you can enjoy. But here's another thing that I want to add to the practical point, and that is to always look nice. In other words, don't go to these spaces just any old kind of way. You're going to catch the person based upon the bait that you're using. Just like there's certain bait for certain fish, if you're going to use one bait, there you may not catch the for the guy who's on his way to the Fortune 500 company. It may not let you know, that just may not happen. If your bait is that you're exposing every part of yourself, well, that's not going to catch the guy that you may be wanting and thinking that you deserve. But if you're modest in some of your ways, if you're confident about who you are, if you know who you are in Christ and you're not begging someone to be in your life because you're already in love with Jesus, well, that's a different kind of bait. And I think with that bait, you'll draw some people to you that you may want to entertain as a potential uh, person for your future. And so those are the three points that I want to give to all of my single ladies, because I don't believe you have to be single for the rest of your life if you want to be married. My own story is I chose to love God with all of my heart, because that's what the scripture says, that when you're married, your attention is divided because you have to focus on your husband and God. But when you're single, you should be focused on him. And so that's what I did. I made a vow to love him with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind and strength. And because loving him means to be obedient to him, it meant I went from a place of repentance to conversion, where I was doing the will of God. And when people said things about me, like, mm, she'll never get married, she's a little too prudish for me. Well, I could have let that inform and a change for me but I instead chose to continue doing life God's way. And in doing God's what doing life God's way, I also did the things that I enjoyed. And I personally, I enjoyed worship. I enjoyed going to church. And I was very clear that, Father, you are able to give me the desires of my heart. And so I don't want to be the woman who um, walks in a room and is just using all of my time and energy surveying the room to see, is he the one? Is he the one? No, I made a conscious decision that I was going to turn all of my attention upon my father. And I asked him, Lord, when will I? I be married. And I believe I heard God tell me the age. And so I was maybe like 20, 21 when I asked the question and I heard him say 25. And so when I was about 24 and a half and hadn't met anyone, therein I began to go back to God to say, Father, you said I'd be married at 25 and I haven't met anyone. I think I want to get to know him just a little bit before I get married. And then I started having people come and prophesy to me saying, he's coming, he's coming. God said that your husband is released and he's coming. And I was able to say with great confidence, I already know. I already know. So they weren't saying something to me that was just like, oh, praise God. No, I was very confident in what God already told me. And so when my husband showed up, I could be myself. I didn't have to act differently. I didn't have to um, compromise who I am in Christ. I didn't have to lower my standard. I could live for God in a way that I believed honored him. And he in turn 
honored me. And because he's not a God who shows favorites, I think he'll do the same for you. And so I hope that this has helped you when you consider what it looks like to be a single lady who wants to be a married lady. And there's nothing wrong with being single and wanting to stay single. But because we're talking to single ladies who want to be married, I pray that these are some points of wisdom that you can use and that it will change your future real soon. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for being the father who loves us and cares about the things that are on our hearts and on our minds. And so I pray for every single woman that you would cover them under your feathers and under your wings, they would find a refuge where you would reveal yourself to each one of them so that they are perfect and complete in all of your will, where you, Father, would inform them who you have made them, that they are beautiful, made in your image and in your likeness, and that they would never uh, debase themselves for another, but they would continue to love you and comport themselves in a way that will please you. And so as they consider the vows that they've made, I'm in agreement with you, Lord God, that every vow that spoke to them not being married, that it is canceled from their lives, and that they truly can receive the blessing of um, being two as opposed to one, or being uh, having a partner in life as opposed to walking as a single person. I thank you, Lord, that you are able to hear when there is repentance. And I trust, Lord, that because you are faithful, even when we are faithless, that you have mercy where there are women who have made mistakes and we've launched out before you sent us. And so I just pray, Lord, that you would encourage their heart, that you are the Father who forgives and you remember our sins no more. So may there be no condemnation and may we never live under the, the weight and guilt or shame of our past, but may your ladies walk in the freedom, the liberty wherewith Christ has made them free today. And I thank you, Father, for giving them insight on how to live their life in a way that truly pleases you, where they're not um, stuck with vice, but Lord, that they are able to love you and live their life in, in you. So let your name be glorified in each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. I hope that blessed you. And before you go, I want to encourage you as a single lady to consider what it looks like to grow in Christ. Consider that and join me in Baltimore, Maryland. That is August 26th and the 27th. I'll be there from the morning until the evening. And it's going to be a phenomenal time of seeking God together. You don't want to miss it because I'm going to be presenting to us a template that you can use every day of your life. And I know it's going to transform you as well as make a huge imprint or impact on your relationship and how your relationship with God is growing. So register today or register real soon at womanpray.com and then meet me in Baltimore for two dynamic days of ministry. I know it's going to bless you and I'm looking forward to seeing you then. God bless you. We'll see you soon.